Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Welcome back to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Pliny. If you are a regular follower and listening to this on Thursday, aka the drop date, it's Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, friends. I am so thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for the direct messages. That seems to be y'all's favorite way to communicate. The emails. And if you're a patient, that means you have myself. So I'm thankful that you reach out and text when you have issues, to me, seeking answers to your questions for me or someone like me who basically does pregnancy all the time shows that you care about getting factual information. Thanks for caring enough to reach out to me and share me with your friends and tell them to stop Googling. Just just listen to the podcast. As we reflect on everything that's happened thus far, I want you to be thankful for your pregnancy and or the journey that you have uh, that you've been on to becoming a mother. Everyone's journey is a little bit different. So remember that when you're trying to think about why you don't have more children or why you have to go through IVF, everyone has to deal with a little bit of differences. But when you look back, the struggle will be well worth it. So keep going. So a lot of you who follow have a ton of questions about whether a certain situation in your pregnancy is normal or not. Some of you have real reasons to be concerned because you have super high risk pregnancies. But for most of you guys, you're just excited to be pregnant and you want to make sure things are going well. So on today's show, we'll talk through some of these questions to figure out if what you're dealing with is normal or needs further attention. But before we get started... Someone sent me a comment that said I was too extreme and I was thinking the worst case scenario all the time. Uh, Let me remind you that my job as a high risk pregnancy physician is to think and plan for the worst case scenario so that you can avoid those scenarios that have horrible outcomes because I want you to have the best outcome for you and your baby. During my day-to-day, I don't get paid to fluff situations and make people feel good. That is just not what I do. I'm the person you refer to to figure out stuff, to diagnose an anomaly or a problem, and to create a plan for you. So I'm not trying to scare anyone, but I want you to be knowledgeable so that you can be safe during this pregnancy and beyond the pregnancy. All right, so now that we've gotten that disclaimer out of the way, let's talk about generally what's normal in pregnancy. So first off, most people find out they're pregnant when they're somewhere around eight weeks. I guess the first missed period just wasn't enough. So y'all wait until the second missed period and then you go and take a pregnancy test and then you're like, aha, maybe I'm pregnant. 
Then you call your OBGYN to book an appointment and get kind of frustrated and angry because you won't be able to be seen for two to four more weeks. That's normal, okay? Being pregnant is not an emergency. People have been doing this since the beginning of time. So expect to wait about a month to get into your first prenatal appointment. If you're super early, like if you are one of those people that said, oh my God, I am a couple of days late for that first missed period. I mean, you, you are literally less than five weeks pregnant when you find out. So you may even be waiting for more than a month. That is completely normal. And during that wait time, it's normal to feel nauseated. It's normal to vomit several times a day. And it's also normal to have heartburn. It's normal to feel cramping in your lower pelvis or belly. It's normal to sleep a ton. People ask, why am I sleeping so much? Well, you're growing a tiny human and that takes a lot of energy. And so you will sleep, especially during the first trimester. It's normal to not want to eat certain types of foods. So I had a food aversion my whole pregnancy. It, the smell of chicken made me want to vomit. It was just horrible. Like if people were cooking chicken, I'd be like, mm. like, I just don't want to be around those people. If you smell like fried chicken, I didn't want to be around you. I love Popeye's, but during pregnancy, I did not want any Popeye's. Okay. But food aversions are completely normal in pregnancy. During the second trimester, what's normal? Heartburn that worsens, yeah, that's a real thing. So usually we have to start either protonics, which is a proton pump inhibitor, or you can take Pepsid, which also blocks that stomach acid. You can get Pepsid over the counter. So everybody in pregnancy probably should own a couple bottles of Pepsid and keep them in the cabinet because once you get the second trimester, if you don't have heartburn yet in the first, you will experience it in the second. It's normal not to feel your baby move until about 20 weeks. Some people uh, that have an anterior placenta, meaning the afterbirth is on the front side of the uterus and not the back, you may not feel movement until 22 to 24 weeks. That's completely normal. People get freaked out. They're like, oh my God, I haven't felt my baby move and I have a baby bump. Well, if, as long as you're not 24 weeks yet, that's completely normal. And you can still feel lower abdominal cramping or that dull, achy pain uh, in your belly in the second, first and second trimester. So let your OBGYN know about it to make sure you're not having issues with preterm labor, especially if it's your first pregnancy. You could be having like pressure from cervical insufficiency and not even know it. But usually if you're low risk, and that's your first pregnancy. That's usually not the case. Cramping in pregnancy, once that's ruled out, completely normal. Okay. People think something's going on because they're, they're having cramping or they're feeling pain. Pregnancy is not painless. It actually sucks. It's a painful situation sometimes. Okay. So you will feel cramping. You'll have lower abdominal pain. You may have back pain. It is, it, your body is adjusting to this growing baby. Okay. So the pain, yeah, it's sort of kind of going to be there, but, uh, you know, hopefully you're enjoying the pregnancy knowing that you have created life and you have life flourishing inside of you. But remember the uterus is used to being really tiny. Okay. Way down in the pelvis where you can't feel it when you touch your belly. Okay, and as it grows and expands, those ligaments are stretching to keep up with that growth. Uterus is, the insides used to be in flat like a pancake. Now it's circular, right? To allow uh, a baby to be housed there. So that cavity is expanding and expanding and expanding. And because of that, the uterus, which is just a big old muscle, it can have some cramping as that muscle is stretched. Okay, so 
pregnancy is not a painless experience. This is normal, okay? If you're concerned, talk to your provider to make sure that nothing else is going on. But once they told you that it's normal, it's pretty normal. During the third trimester, it's normal to continue to have cramping. You could have irregular contractions. So pains that last about one minute and then that pain is released and then they come back, uh, you know, 30 minutes, an hour later. That's completely normal. So irregular contractions are normal. But if you start having like more frequent contractions, it could mean that you're dehydrated. So you need to make sure you stay hydrated, drink a ton of water. You should be drinking five to six bottles of water a day in pregnancy to keep you hydrated. Funny story. So I had a patient just this past week that came in and I'm, and she's like, you know, doc, I'm starting to cramp a lot more and I may have contractions here or there. I'm like, well, how much water are you drinking? And she said, I'm drinking a ton of water. I said, well, how much? She said, two whole bottles. So I paused for a second. I said, two bottles. You mean like those like big bottles that have like, you're a third of the way done. Keep on going. Like you're great. Like those milestone bottles that are like 64 ounces or like maybe the 32 ounce bottles. So you're getting 64 ounces in. She's like, no, you know, like two, like 16 ounce bottles. I said, girl, you're not drinking no water. Like you need to be drinking more water when you're not pregnant than that. So yeah, five to six, 16 ounce bottles. Four to five 20 ounce bottles of water. Let me be specific about this, okay? If you're drinking those 32 ounce bottles, you really need three of those, not two. Three of those um, is enough in pregnancy. So it is not normal to drink two bottles. I mean, she thought she was doing something. And I was like, are you serious right now? I mean, we literally laughed about it for another 15 minutes. No, ma'am. So if you're cramping and you know you're not doing right, go ahead and increase that water, okay? It's normal to feel your baby go from kicking a ton in the third trimester in the second trimester to just feeling like body movements in the third trimester so people are like oh my god i don't feel my baby move as much are you feeling your baby like rolling in there because that's that's movement that counts you're feeling the head move that that counts you may not feel like a kick because your baby doesn't have enough as, as much room your baby's like in a little ball in the fetal position in the third trimester your baby's getting ready getting nestled all deep into the pelvis, ready to come out. So you're not going to feel as many big, ginormous kicks. You will feel more body movements and shifts. That's completely normal. A lot of women's sex drives, they decrease in the third trimester. This is pretty typical. I mean, listen, you're hot. You're hot. Like you're growing a tiny human. You have pelvic pain. You're not comfortable. Like, the last thing you want is like somebody like trying to rub all over you and tell you that they want to have sex with you. They're like, oh, I'm hot. Get off of me. This is completely normal. Now, I would encourage you to make sure you keep it spicy. OK, keep the relationship going because at the end of the day, like intimacy is needed. And those like endorphins that are released from sex, I mean, it keeps you healthy it keeps you happy in pregnancy it boosts your your confidence in your body so we want you to have sex in pregnancy but it is very common that women as they get to the third trimester they just don't feel in the mood that's normal you may have to be a little bit more creative to uh, spice it up in the in the marriage okay or in the relationship if you're not married it's normal to feel heavy feelings in your pelvis it's normal to feel pains in your vagina 
it's normal to even have those pains in your hips. Um, and like if you have sharp stabbing pains in the vagina, that can be normal too. Some people call it a lightning vagina. Yeah, that's a whole thing. I think I did a whole episode on that. Like it's normal. Okay. Um, you, I could really talk about lightning vagina like every day. Okay. Because people ask about this pain going through their vagina in the third trimester every day. And you got to realize once you get to the 34th week, your pelvis is spreading. The head is more engaged in the pelvis and you have nerves that are down there. Okay. In the pelvis going through different tunnels, like the obturator nerve and other nerves that travel through the pelvis and the head could be impinging on those nerves. Okay. And so you can have like tingling sensation, sharp pain. You always want to tell your provider about it because you want to make sure that you're not starting to dilate. So we want to check your cervix to make sure there's nothing going on. But at the end of the day, a lot of women have these same symptoms. They come in thinking they're the only one like, doc, something's going on. Like, I feel like the baby's going to fall out of my vagina or I feel like I have pain shooting down my hips or like I feel something in the vagina. Once we check your cervix and it's closed, we know that that's just normal, okay? It's normal to feel that kind of discomfort. It's a different type of pain. I mean, it's not it's not even pain, like super painful. It's just like different, it's pressure. And you might feel like a little tingling sensation every once in a while. That is all normal. I remember being pregnant thinking, what is going, what is he doing down there? Like, what is going on? All oh, that's normal. He was just getting comfortable. All that is normal. Swelling in your legs during the third trimester, as long as it's symmetrical and not associated with pain, this can be very normal. Okay. You're going to swell. Your blood volume has doubled. Now you have a growing uterus with a big baby compressing vessels that return blood. So it's going to be harder for blood to return to the heart. This is all normal. You should elevate your feet at night, sit and put your prop your feet under a pillow when you can. To help reduce your swelling. But swelling in pregnancy is very much so normal. I always say, please tell your provider about swelling, okay? Because we don't want you to have something else going on like a blood clot in your leg and you not know it. But usually that causes asymmetrical swelling, not symmetrical. After pregnancy, it's very normal to experience postpartum hair loss. Uh, we discussed this on a, a previous episode called skin. I know that's misleading because we're talking about hair and skin. All of that is the same people. The same people treat that dermatologists. So go back and check that episode out. Breastfeeding issues are super common. Lactation specialists are godsends. So besides me, you uh, can get lactation consultations through your hospital. And there are different providers that also do lactation uh, consultations. I actually have two physician friends who are both pediatricians who do uh, full-time lactation consultations virtually. And so I'll make sure to post them. So if you need a lactation specialist in the middle of the day, they're your go-to people for that. Okay. Swelling is more normal during the first two weeks postpartum okay so swelling can be a little tricky like i said before so please make sure your provider has examined you but swelling more even more so than when you were pregnant is normal during that first two weeks after pregnancy and that's because that blood volume that we always talk about that doubles in pregnancy now your body is trying to get rid of it and go back to your pre-pregnant state and so because of that that volume can shift into the tissues okay and you can have um, some swelling as you're trying to offload uh, that fluid okay that it goes into the tissues and you have to reabsorb it for the it to be then uh, go and be filtered by the kidneys and then you urinate it out okay it takes some time for that to happen 
It's also normal for you to have bleeding initially similar to your heaviest day of your period. This should gradually get lighter, but can start to change from pink to yellowish tan and then white. It's very normal. Okay. And it's normal to bleed for three to six weeks after you deliver. Completely normal. Most people stop bleeding by the third week, but you can bleed up to six weeks after delivery. Now, what's not normal? Anytime you have bleeding in the pregnancy, this needs some evaluation. That's not normal. A headache that doesn't go away with Tylenol. Nope, it's not normal. Blurry vision or pain over your liver. It doesn't matter the trimester. If you're pregnant or you're delivered within the last six weeks, you need some attention if you have these symptoms. These are not normal, okay? Asymmetrical calf tenderness. Remember we said symmetrical, all pregnant women swell. But if you have swelling or pain in one of your calf muscles, that's not normal. That could be signs of a, of a blood clot and you need to seek attention. Shortness of breath at rest isn't normal. Like when you're walking around, you know, you're a pregnant woman waddle. You're waddling around and you're like, whoo, I'm winded. And people are huffing and puffing. That's pretty normal. But you should be able to sit down and catch your breath. If you can't catch your breath, that ain't normal, okay? Somebody needs to evaluate you to make sure there's nothing going on with your lungs, nothing going on with your heart. Not normal for you to be winded and not able to catch your breath, okay? Of course, if something is going on with your baby, you'll be told if it's normal or abnormal. So if you weren't told anything out of the ordinary and you were told that your baby is normal, trust and believe that your baby is actually normal. So now that you know a little bit more about what's normal and what's not normal, Hopefully you can be thankful. Let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 35-year-old who is 24 weeks pregnant with her first child. She has no medical problems besides obesity with a BMI of 32. She had a detailed anatomy ultrasound at 20 weeks. She was told that her baby had a two-vessel cord but otherwise appeared normal. She has had a low-risk genetic screen earlier in the pregnancy through the panorama test. She also had a low-risk carrier screening test result. The high-risk physician said that everything was normal, but that she needed to return every four weeks. She's confused about why she has to return every four weeks if the baby is normal. She presents for a second opinion. A couple things. One, I'm so proud of your OBGYN for referring you off bat to a high-risk OBGYN, which is the same thing I do, maternal fetal medicine. We only treat high-risk pregnancies. Anybody that is over age 35 is considered high-risk. I know y'all don't want to hear that, but guess what? You are because you have a higher likelihood of having a baby with a chromosomal abnormality and a higher likelihood of having a baby with a structural malformation. So that in itself makes you a little bit higher risk. Even when we rule those things out, you're still at higher risk for having gestational diabetes, gestational hypertension, which is just high blood pressure in the pregnancy. Um, have a higher risk of preeclampsia. So we have to monitor you a little bit closer when you're 35 uh, as opposed to when you're 25, okay? It doesn't mean that at the end of the day, anything's going to happen. It just means that you need to be monitored a little bit closer. That is all being high risk is. You just need to be monitored a little bit closer, okay? So... Your pregnancy is a high-risk pregnancy just because you are 35. But the reason that you have to get the ultrasounds every four weeks is because your baby has a two-vessel cord. So normally, babies have three vessels, okay? They have uh, two arteries and a vein, okay? Looks like a Mickey Mouse face on ultrasound. 
when you have two vessels, you have one artery and one vein. That can put your baby at higher risk of being growth restricted or being smaller. So, and that's because you don't have enough blood flow. You don't have as much blood flow as somebody with three vessels. You only have two. That just makes perfect sense, right? And your growth of your baby depends on how much blood flow is getting from the placenta because the placenta delivers blood. That's the only way the baby's getting nutri- nutrients, right? The baby can't eat. It can't drink. It's getting everything from blood, okay? So if you have a two-vessel cord instead of three, there's a possibility that the baby could get inadequate blood flow. So we want to monitor you every four weeks to make sure that the baby's growth remains consistently normal. Your baby is normal. You've had a low-risk panorama. And when we talk about genetic screening tests, I mean, this is one of the Cadillac genetic screening tests, okay? It's 99% sensitive for detection of Down syndrome. It's 97.9% sensitive for detection of trisomy 18, which is Edwards syndrome. That's a syndrome that's more likely to be associated with a two-vessel cord instead of three. It's 92% sensitive for detection of trisomy 13, okay? So it has high sensitivities for detection of these three most common chromosomal abnormalities. Now, it lacks sensitivities for all these other rare things, but the rare things, usually we see something on ultrasound that clues us into something going on. Plus, usually genetically abnormal babies tend to be on the smaller side. So if you have a normally grown baby with a two-vessel cord, but you've already had a low-risk panorama test, then this baby is normal. The only thing we're concerned about now is the size of the baby. You need to be followed to make sure that your perfectly normal baby stays perfectly normal. This is normal. You can breathe. You can be thankful. You can enjoy your turkey and ham and everything else you would enjoy for this Thanksgiving because this is normal. But you do need to be followed because we want to make sure that the growth stays normal. So the case pearl for this case is Anyone with a two-vessel cord needs to be followed with serial growth scan. And usually those growth scans are done every four to six weeks. And that is normal. All right. So I know since we had so many email questions, uh, we pulled two email questions instead of doing a second case. Medical intern, what's our first email question for the day? It says, Dr. Plenty, I'm 34 weeks pregnant with my second child. I delivered my first baby at 28 weeks via C-section due to a placental abruption. I was told that I can't have a vaginal delivery for this baby. Is that normal? My friend was able to have a vaginal delivery with her second child. So I want to make sure that I'm being told correct. So there's an episode that I did that talks about VBAC or vaginal birth after cesarean section. Go back and listen to that episode because we talk all about this. There's certain types of C-sections. So there's a low segment transfer C-section, which is a side to side or horizontal incision on your uterus. And I know some people are like, well, I had a bikini cut. So that means that that's what I had. That does not mean that's what you had. We will do a bikini cut on the skin because cosmetically that's more favorable. Okay. No woman wants that up and down decision unless you absolutely, absolutely have to have it. Okay, so we do the bikini cut so you can walk around with a bikini if you want to after you deliver your baby, okay? But that doesn't mean that we can do that same type of incision on the inside of your uterus. So if you had an up and down incision on the inside of your uterus, it's called a classical C-section 
Or if you started off with a side to side incision or, or horizontal incision, and then we had to extend the incision up, meaning you have a T shaped incision on your uterus. That is also a type of classical incision. That means that you have a higher risk of uterine rupture or that previous incision coming open. Okay. Um, that risk is 10% with a classical C-section. So nobody's going to let you have a trial of labor after C-section or what's called abbreviated as a TOLAC, okay? Being that you delivered at 28 weeks with the first baby, there's a super high chance that that incision was an up and down or classical incision. And if that is the case, then you will not be allowed to have a vaginal birth, okay? No TOLAC, okay? And so people may say VBAC. VBAC is a vaginal birth after cesarean. So it's actually the act of you actually delivering, okay? And before that, when you're in labor, that's a, a TOLAC or a trial of labor after C-section. Nobody will let you have a trial that will lead to a VBAC if you've had a classical C-section, okay? So you are not told wrong. That is normal for you to not have to not have a vaginal delivery after a classical. But I will encourage you to ask, hey, what kind of incision did I have on my uterus before? Okay. And if it wasn't a classical, if you did have a low segment transverse C-section, then you can have a vaginal birth. Okay. You can have, or at least try to, you can have a trial of labor. And it may be that your OBGYN does not do VBAC deliveries. They may not be comfortable doing a trial of labor. And there are certain reasons that OBs may not feel comfortable. Okay, so for a trial of labor after a C-section, you have to have an OBGYN in-house during your whole labor process. And your whole labor process could take over 24 hours. So if their group doesn't stay in-house to take call and they're taking call from home, they won't allow you to have a trial of labor. So it may be that you need another OBGYN to actually have a, a trial of labor after C-section. So ask your OBGYN to clarify that. Like, hey, am I not allowed to try to have a VBAC because I had a classical C-section? Or is it just that your group doesn't allow us to do a trial of labor here? And if that's the case and you really want to try to have a baby vaginally this time, then you may want to ask your OBGYN to refer you to an OBGYN that does do vaginal births after C-sections, Okay. But if you had a classical, that was correct. You were you were told correct. You should not even try to have a vaginal birth because of that high risk of uterine rupture. All right, medical intern, what's our second email question? Our second email says, Dr. Plenty, I'm 35 weeks pregnant and noticing the baby is having hiccups quite often, recently multiple times a day. Is that a cause for concern at this stage in my pregnancy. We love hiccups. We love them, right? Hiccups count as breathing. So when we're doing a biophysical profile or the little ultrasound tests that we do for some moms that are high risk to look for breathing, movement, tone, and fluid around the baby, if we see hiccups, that automatically counts as the breathing, okay? Hiccups are a sign of fetal well-being. And usually if you're going to get points off of your biophysical profile or what's abbreviated as a BPP, the first thing to go usually is breathing. So when my sonographer says, oh, I have a BPP of six out of eight minus two points for movement. I'm always like, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. Because 
you get two points for breathing, two points for am normal amniotic fluid, two points for movement of the baby, and two points for tone, which is basically just seeing flexion and extension of an extremity twice. So you get two points for all of those. And then you also get two points for a non-stress test being reactive, meaning the heartbeat is normal and rises and falls normally like it's supposed to. So a biophysical profile is out of 10 points. Eight out of 10 is equivalent to 10 out of 10. So usually if you have an ultrasound that has eight points, then we don't have to put you on the monitor to do the non-stress tests because we know that both of those carry less than a one in 4,000 chance of stillbirth. That's why we do testing to see, is this baby safe for the next week or is this baby not? So if you have hiccups, then we know that your biophysical profile is going to be pretty much normal. Okay. That is actually a really good sign of fetal well-being. It's a sign the baby is trying to practice um, uh, breathing and swallowing is normal. This is great. This is all normal and you should not be concerned. You should actually be excited when you feel hiccups on the baby. It scares mom because they're like, oh my God, my baby's like jumping in there. Like, is everything okay? The baby is fine. We love hiccups. That is, and when I, when I hear somebody say my baby's hiccuping all the time, I'm like, oh yes, this is great. That means that your baby is completely normal. So there's no issues uh, with your baby at all. And you should really be thankful for feeling hiccups. All right. I think that's all the questions that we pulled for today's episode. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast today. I hope you've learned a little bit more about what's normal and what's abnormal during pregnancy. If you're enjoying uh, the podcast, make sure to rate and leave a comment on your preferred platform. And the ultimate compliment is sharing me. So don't keep me a secret. Make sure to share me with your friends. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.